Today on The Travel Guys. In the travel news, Hertz continues to amaze with their stupidity. Delta is testing free Wi-Fi. Did you hear the one about the two Alaska pilots who had to bring their plane back to the gate because they were fighting in the cockpit? Those stories next in the travel news. Travelers tend to let down their guard when uh, in the most unusual places when they're on the open road. Expect a theft when you least expect it. Details in our Smarter Traveler segment at 320. The Pacific Northwest is one of the most scenic parts of our country. At 335, I offer some tips from my recent journey to Puget Sound, some ideas on activities and attractions in the area. You've accumulated a nice little pile of hotel or credit card points, and you're thinking it might be time to cash them in. Well, we'll give you some ideas to how to shop for the best deals at 350. Our goal is to make you a smarter and perhaps more relaxed traveler. Welcome to the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Welcome, welcome everyone to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys. I'm Tom Romano, Mark Hoffman here as well. We are uh, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for spending the spending the hour with us. Don't forget now, links to our special guests and so much more to make you a smarter traveler. Always at TravelGuysRadio.com. Well, Mark, it's been a week since I've seen you. You were uh, off to the uh, northwest, one of uh, one of uh, probably the most beautiful places in the in the country, probably possibly in the world. Yeah, uh, how, how was it? Well, we didn't find Bigfoot. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's up there somewhere. You know, roaming around in the great Pacific Northwest. It was awesome. The weather was great. Uh, we wrote a lot. We did a lot of visiting of small towns and riding of ferry boats. We're going to talk a little bit about. Uh, some of this later on because uh, what we did was great for an organized tour, but I have some some real ideas and some tips and hints for folks who might be headed to that area, um, either before the summer is over or thinking about going sometime in the future. But it is, Tom, it's just a gorgeous area. We were in the Puget Sound area across from Seattle and tooling around in that area, went up to Olympic National Park. I found... The best ice cream store on the planet. You're kidding. Uh, Mark, uh, for those that uh, may be just tuning in for the first time, uh, Mark is a uh, ice cream aficionado. Uh-huh. He, uh, yeah. So uh, what uh, what flavor are we talking here? Well, uh, well, the flavor Mark? was blueberry, but it's not the it's not the flavor as much as the concept. I, I went into this. It's called Moto Moto Moto, Moto Ice Cream. And it's headquartered in Paulsbo, Washington, which is a little, little tiny Bavarian town. And there's one on Bainbridge Island. And apparently there's a couple of them in Las Vegas now. And they're looking to go all over the place. So uh, my assistant and I, we walk into 
this we're, we have some free time and the folks are out looking around in the little town after we've had a little guided tour and uh, we walk we have lunch we walk into this ice cream store and you know how you walk into an ice cream store and all the the containers of ice cream are there mm-hmm. you know plastic or cardboard or something and oftentimes right. they have tops on them and there's 10 or 20 or 30 or 50 depending on how big the store is right so we walk in and it's all the ice cream are in these stainless steel things with tops on them kind of look like pressure cookers so you can't see the ice cream at all, which, of course, is, you know, seeing ice cream in an ice cream store is part of the whole visual. But you can't see any ice cream in the store, just all this stainless steel. So I had to ask the guy. I said, you know, why? There must be a reason the ice cream is stored like this. And the guy looked at me in a very scientific way, and he says, oh, well, sir. He says, each ice cream, you know, has a different density. So it needs to be stored at a different temperature in order to maintain the freshness. So each one of our ice creams is stored at a different temperature. Right then and there, I knew I had found the world's greatest <laughs> ice cream before wow. I even tasted it. Um, and then I went for uh, blueberry ice cream and a, a watermelon sorbet. And my buddy did something with some kind of chocolate fudge ice cream or something like that. But we both agreed when we left there that... It was the most amazing ice cream. Really good ice cream has certain qualities to it that you know that bad ice cream just doesn't have. And ice cream these days is four. If you haven't been on the road recently, a scoop of ice cream in an ice cream store in town is four, five, six bucks these days. So um, bring your wallet. But anyways, I found what I think is I would go. I would get on a plane and go to the Pacific Northwest just for that ice cream. I mean, that's how oh, good it yeah. was. Wow, that, that I know Mark does that for uh, for Marion Berries at certain times of the year. I have to. Inquiring minds need to know. Uh huh. Do you get your ice cream in a cup or a cone? And if cone, do you use the traditional or the pointy sugar cone? Ah, uh, uh, good. If I'm in a cone, I'm definitely doing the waffle cone thing. Waffle cone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But you know, a cup allows you to the great thing about some ice cream places now is that uh, the prices have gotten higher the scoops in some cases have gotten a little bigger so even if you're having one scoop a lot of places will say well if you want two flavors then you can have two flavors even with one scoop and of course you have to be careful because you know if you're getting like two scoops of ice cream some places that's like a bucket of ice cream so, you know, if you were planning on eating anything that was, like, good for you any time in the next six hours, you'd probably have eaten <laughs> too much ice cream. But anyways, the best ice cream on the planet, Polsbo, okay. Washington. One, one more time. Give me your best effort at telling me what the name of this place is. Um, it's, it, it's called Moto Ice Cream. M-O-T-O? I, yeah, I don't have any idea why. I'll have more details in the segment okay. after the news at the bottom of the hour, I promise. All right, and with that being said, off from the ice cream to the travel news we go. At the top of every Travel Guys radio program, we do this, the travel news, and with it, here's Mark. That sounds like fun. So, um, Alaska Airlines, they wait. The, these folks wait an hour and a half for their plane to depart because the weather was kind of sucky up in, in Seattle, and they finally get a chance to go, and the plane goes out to the tarmac and stuff like that. And uh, I'm sorry, I said Seattle uh, was the weather. They were in uh, Washington, D.C. at Dulles Airport. And uh, they go out and they wait a little while. And then the plane goes back to the back to the gate. And one of the pilots comes on. and He says, look, folks, uh, up here in the cockpit, we've had a little 
disagreement, and uh, we're having a failure to get along, is what they call it, between the captain and the first officer, a failure to get along. The pilot said, in the interest of safety, we need to go back to the gate and get another get a, get a new set of pilots. Can you believe that? That is uh, that is amazing. I mean, first of all, that it happened, and that they were willing to reveal uh, to the, the the people on board uh, as to why. I mean, you would have thought if something like this happened, they would just say, "Well, we need to go back to the gate for for important reasons, and then take care of business, and then send everybody on their way." Amazing. Alaska apparently offered each of the people on the flight $175 credit uh, because of the the disruption of the disruption. But um, I just yeah, I, I, I'm amazed that they let the customers know what had happened. I, yeah. I guess maybe if, if listen, if. I wouldn't you love to have been a fly on the wall? I would love to. Know, was it politics? Was it a family thing? You know, did they did it turn out that one guy found out that he was sleeping with the other guy's wife? I mean, um, you know, it must have been something pretty interesting because those guys decided. Of course, Dulles to San Francisco is about a four and a half to five hour journey, so it's not like they were taking a little commuter flight, you know, from Seattle down to Portland or something like that. So I guess these guys figured that they had to be with each other all that time, but. Gosh, you'd, wouldn't you love to have been a fly on the wall just just to have heard just to have yeah. heard the argument? Inquiring minds will probably never know. Yeah, exactly. Listen, Hertz Rent a Car has done some pretty strange things in the last six months or so. They they have called the police on some of their customers, saying that their cars had been stolen. When in actuality, in many cases, the cars are sitting in their own lot. Um, the, 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 the horror stories from folks who have rented from Hertz are just seemingly nonstop on sites all over the Internet. Here is an interesting one. Um, Hertz apparently banned a longtime customer because they figured out, uh, did some kind of an audit and found that 10 years ago, the guy had a $6 unpaid toll charge, literally from 2012, that he didn't pay. He, he had didn't know about it, had forgotten about it. So instead of sending him a note and saying, hey, you know, dude, you owe us um, six bucks and, you know, here's the paperwork and stuff like that, they banned him from ever renting again and wouldn't tell him why it was that they had banned him. He had to go uh, enlist a a consumer advocacy organization. The Elliott folks got into it with him and uh, helped him find out that Hertz indeed had found this, an outside company had done an audit, found a $6 toll charge and decided that the guy was no longer eligible to rent from Hertz. Now, it should be noted that in the interim 10 years, the man had rented almost $20,000 worth of rental cars from Hertz. That's a lot of rental cars. Um, and I yet, should say. And yet Hertz decided that for 12, they gave an outside company the authority to be able to ban him from renting from them. It's all well now. And the man can rent from Hertz again, although he has said, you know, I think I'll be finding a different car rental company because who knows when something like this could happen again. But um, if you're renting from Hertz, all I have to say is expect it when you least expect it because the stories that I'm seeing on the Internet, I don't share them with you every week, but these guys have some customer service issues that are 
really, really, really big time. Okay, um, everybody is it's crowded everywhere traveling this summer. Amtrak says that they are doing a pretty good job contending with delays. They have had only 1% of their trains be canceled, which is much, much better than the airlines. Um, they're having a little bit of trouble with on-time record, particularly in the northeast corridor where the trains run every hour from uh, New York to uh, from Boston to New York to Washington, D.C. But by and large here on the West Coast, Amtrak says that service is holding up. They have, uh, because of lack of staff, had to cut some trains, but they're notifying people well in advance or just not taking books, bookings for those trains. So Amtrak is doing pretty well this summer. If you're looking for a short vacation, oh. that might be mm-hmm. a possibility. United CEO says it'll be at least another year before air travel normalizes. He says getting more pilots, more flight attendants into the system. He also acknowledges that there's a problem with more with mechanics. And as we talked about on the program last week, so he's concerned about getting more people to fix airplanes. He says it's going to be at least a year, which is important from the standpoint of airline pricing. Because until the airlines can put as many planes in the air as they'd like to put, it's going to put pressure on supply and demand because demand is high and supply is a little bit extinguished right now because the airlines don't have enough staff to fly all of their people. The Air American CEO says that the staff, the shortages go beyond just staffing. They are having problem getting things like cups and supplies for flights and things of that sort. So it's the supply chain they have said American for a couple days out of Phoenix had to go without serving passengers beverages because they ran out of cups. Of course, I'm sure no one thought of going like to Walmart or some superstore or something and buying every <laughs> cup they had on the shelf because that would have, you know, that would have been too easy. Delta Airlines, we mentioned in our headlines, is trying free Wi-Fi on domestic flights. About four years ago, their CEO said that uh, they are going they're going to launch complimentary in-flight Wi-Fi on their domestic mainline routes. We are four years down the line. They are at least testing it. So if you're a Delta flyer, something good there. And finally, the Washington Post writes an article that says, airlines tried shifting blame, but they're the biggest cause of delays. Um, they did a kind of a research story here and showed that, that the airline industry has figured out that, yeah, after they tried to push off the delays – on the air traffic controllers and everybody else in the industry that indeed it's the airlines that are causing the problems. The biggest problem with, with the system right now, uh, Washington Post found, is arriving inbound aircraft. So I would tell you, if you're flying, um, then one of the things that you need to be concerned about is you can't go anywhere until your plane arrives. Late inbound aircraft. So that... It's pretty simple. The planes aren't getting where they're going on time, so they're not leaving on time. That's your travel news for today. And we are the Travel Guys. Remember, TravelGuysRadio.com for links to more stuff to make you a smarter traveler. It is uh, Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. All right, Mark, let's make people... Yeah, not only smarter, but smarter and safer travelers. Uh, have you ever had anything stolen while uh, while traveling out of a bag, uh, out of a overhead or anything? Have you, have you been fortunate enough to that not happen? Technically, no, not stolen, but I did leave a laptop on an airplane a number of years ago. 
Um, because it had a tracking device on it, I was able to get it back, but it was indeed stolen by one of the uh, airline employees and taken to their home in Chicago. Left it on a Great. plane when I was changing. Uh, but fortunately, because of the tracking device, we knew where it was. So uh, we were able, reported it missing to United. They uh, were able to find it and actually returned it to me. I was still in Chicago a couple days later, and they returned it to me. So I was very fortunate. And those tracking devices are wonderful for things like laptops and phones and suitcases and stuff when you travel. So, I mean, if you are a traveler that that hits the road often, you really should have one of those tiles or whatever it is that there are a number of different brands that you can have. But basically something that says, here's where this is. Uh, even when it's lost, because that way, if it does get lost, you can find it. And what we want to talk about here for a couple minutes is specifically um, theft and safety when you're in flight. A lot of people get on an airplane, and they seem to, they just, poof, their brain goes out the window. I can't tell you how many times I have watched people take their wallet or their a lady take her, you know, her, her money purse out of her big purse, um, or a, a, a folio that contains credit cards or things like that for men, uh, car keys, uh, fo- cell phones, all this stuff, and stick them in the seat back pocket in front of them. Um, so I, I know that obviously a lot of that stuff gets left behind, and then people are in a horrible situation because, you know, you can't get into your car, you can't get into your house, you can't call somebody to tell them you've lost your keys. because. And, and a lot of times on the plane they tell you, Make sure you take everything with you because you're not going to be allowed back on this aircraft once you get off. Yeah, that that little pouch there in uh, in the, the, the in the seat back of the seat in front of you, it it it, it begs. It says, mm-hmm. "Leave something behind in here. Go ahead, lose it here." <laughs> so I, I'll start to put something there, and then the, I, in my head I hear that voice. I no, I don't think I'm going to do that. Yeah, no, that's your wife, that voice that you're hearing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, some other things when you're on a flight specifically. Um, Don't, if you put something in the overhead, a lot of people, I've seen this happen too, they will put, not as much now because you don't pay for things on a flight, but people will get into the overhead and it's obviously they're putting something of value in there. They're putting their, their phone or their wallet or something in an outside pouch in the overhead and then closing it up and then getting back in the middle seat or the window seat where they really can't exactly see what people who might be in that same overhead are doing. And you doze off and maybe you're out like a light or whatever and somebody else gets up there. Very easy for somebody to get up there. And now guess what? You've told them where your valuable stuff is. So really you don't want to do that. You also don't want to put valuables in the outside pockets of your carry-ons unless they are things that you can lock. If you can secure them, that's fine, but don't be putting your wallet or your cell phone. I I see people go through security, and they'll put things in their briefcase, and, okay, they're going to take them out when they get to the other side. Well, if you get to the other side and you get delayed for some reason, happened to me a few weeks ago. We related on the program. Somebody walked off with my laptop from security. They brought it back, fortunately, but if somebody is watching what you're doing, it's very easy for them. takes only a matter of a few seconds for them to make off with something. Um, Another thing that you want to – think about is that if you're putting something in the overhead bin that is of value to you, try to put it in a bin ahead of where you're seated so that it gives you the opportunity at least to be able to keep an eye on it. If you put it behind you, then there's no way that you're going to be able to to see it at all. And of course, 
standard practice on airplanes is don't put valuables or medication in your in your checked baggage. You want to bring that stuff with you on the plane, but you also want to secure it before you get on the aircraft in a way that doesn't telegraph where the people you're seated with, where all of that stuff is. Does that make sense, Tom? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, all of what you're saying is just, you know, well, is is kind of obvious, but it's not something that everybody thinks about. Like you say, sometimes we check our brain at the door when we get on the plane. What about uh, you're talking about if you're, you know, in, in the aisle seat or you're or I'm sorry, you're in the middle seat or you're at the window seat and you're, you want to keep an eye on the on the compartment that might have your stuff. What about putting it in the overhead across from you is that uh is that something that's not allowed no that's you you literally literally can see it opened and closed that might have your stuff in it that's an excellent thought also and if you put something in the overhead put the the opening to it flip it around the other direction you know if it's a suitcase it's a briefcase um it's especially if it's a purse or something like that then flip it around the other direction or if it's something that has really valuable things in it consider putting it in something that will fit underneath your seat. But the point of all of this is don't get on the airplane, go to sleep, and just assume that all is well. Take some really small steps before you doze off or before you start reading or watching your movie or whatever to make absolutely certain that your valuables are secure. All right. Good advice. Good advice. All right, my friends, we've got another 30 minutes of travel guys coming up. We're going to take a couple of minutes out to find out what the world's going on. Uh, and find out if they're still giving haircuts on the on the freeway. <laughs> um, and uh, but anyway, after the news, we're gonna we're gonna head off to Puget Sound. Mark just got back. He's got some great advice if you think that you might want to be traveling in that area soon. He's leaving, leaving. Oh, yeah, leaving on a jet plane. Mark Hoffman flying off to Puget Sound. Bringing us uh, travel information to make you a smarter traveler. By the way, it's Mark and Tom. We are the Travel Guys. And as we mentioned before the break, uh, we're headed up north here. Mark, you had a a wonderful little uh, visit uh, with a a group of travelers. Kind of walk us through that, please. Well, we were up in Puget Sound for most of the... uh for most of the week, Tom. That is really one of the most beautiful areas on the planet. The interesting thing is that for many years, Puget Sound somewhat compares, I think, in geography and weather to Cape Cod on the East Coast. Uh, Puget Sound has been, oh, 30% cheaper across the board for a long time. It may not be quite as, that price distinction may not be quite as, as big now as it used to be, as more people, I think, are discovering Puget Sound. But it just is one of the most beautiful areas all during the week while you all were being toasted down here um, with the 100-degree mark, give or take, all week long. We were between 70 and 80 up in Puget Sound and uh, leaving the doors open in the evening because there are no virtually no bugs, and it's just beautiful. We have a spot we stay up there on the sound. I, I sort of hesitate to tell people about it because I don't want too many people <laughs> to find out. Find out. But we use a uh, a, a uh, Native American casino property, which I don't normally use those types of properties, but this is one where the lodge is separate from the casino. So you have the advantage of having all of the fun and games for people who want that and the restaurants and stuff, but you're you're completely disconnected from it if you don't want it. And all the rooms have beautiful views of the sound. It's called the Clearwater Resort. Uh, it's on the Suquamish uh, reservation up there on the uh, western side of 
Puget Sound across from Seattle near Bainbridge Island. Um, but anyways, I wanted to just talk a little bit about some of the different things to do because as we were moving around this past week, I was watching all of the other tourists and locals uh, moving around with us. We were in most cases away from largely populated areas, although we did pass through Seattle on the last day and we got to Mukilteo, uh, on one of the days, which was a fairly crowded area. That's in the area over by the Boeing plant. Um, there is just a plethora of stuff to do up there. Our itinerary evolved a lot around the ferry boats and riding them. And that's something that you can do. It's reasonably inexpensive. But a uh, word of warning, if you're going to do this in the summertime and you're going to do it on, you got to be very careful about going on the weekend or the time of day that you're going. Fortunately, the Washington State ferry system prints a schedule not only of each route, of each run on each route, each time of the day, how likely is that ferry boat to be full or not full so that you can make some plans based on at least past history. But I will tell you that if you're going in the summertime, uh, the ferry boats are fairly crowded, and so it's not unusual for a car to this is where traveling on a motor coach gives you a little bit of an advantage because we get a little bit of priority but cars oftentimes will have to wait and sometimes the next ferry is you know an hour sometimes it's only in half an hour but an hour hour and a half uh if you get two boats behind then you've kind of lost part of your day so that that can be a little bit of an issue are you saying that you are you are you putting your motor coach on these ferries oh yeah absolutely Absolutely. So you you just drive on to the ferry with a motor coach. That's it. And uh, the your passengers stay on the motor coach. They can on the longer runs. They the ferry people are very good about positioning the coach in such a way so that folks could get on and off, so that we're near elevators and walkways and they can go up and enjoy. Because after all, that's part of the the whole trip is being able to enjoy the scenery as you go back and forth across the sound. Right. And so so these ferries, I mean, we're 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 talking pretty good size here. Yes, we are. We're talking ferries that hold between a hundred probably and three hundred vehicles. Um, they wow. take trucks and buses and all kinds of things like that, and they go back and forth across the sound every day. One of the challenges they're having right now is what everybody else is having, and that is that they don't have enough people, enough captains, uh-huh. and enough sailors to operate all the boats that are operable. So there's three ferry boats that are just sitting in the yard because, and, and three routes that only have one boat service instead of two boat service because they also are short staff so that's adding to and that's why i tell folks right now that if you're going up in a vehicle it's a little tougher however however you can walk onto the ferry boats you have to pay a fare but you can walk onto the ferry boats if you don't have a vehicle and that's very easy and there's never a delay unless the boat's late so you could get in on in seattle go over to bainbridge island or bremerton there are waterfront areas uh, Port Townsend is another area. I mean, most of the places where the ferry boats land have a little mini kind of area that serves the people who are waiting for the ferry boats. Because all the time you've got a bunch of, you've got a captive audience there. So, you know, ice cream and sandwiches and shops and things to do, little parks and stuff like that. In on Bainbridge Island, they have, um, during, after, when World War II started, one of the first places that they came and got Japanese citizens and interred them was on Bainbridge Island because there was a naval air station there. And, you know, we went kind of bananas and we thought that the Japanese were, were, were attacking us at Pearl Harbor and we better take, make the, make sure the Japanese in our own country were not in a position to be able to hurt the war effort. So a lot of those folks were taken away. There is a memorial there to the, they call it the Japanese Exclusion Memorial. 
Um, and a, uh, uniquely, a lot of folks who went to internment camps a- around the country, especially on the West Coast, didn't end up back where they started. At Bainbridge, a lot of the people went home and found that a lot of their neighbors had taken care of their farms and their properties and things on at least a level that there was something for them to come back to and would help them reestablish themselves. So it's, I mean, that alone is a really fascinating story that uh, it's it's a 10-minute walk from the ferry dock on Bainbridge Island. Um, the the In downtown Seattle, you've got the, the Space Needle, which is what a great throwback now. It's about 60 years old. You can go and have lunch or dinner in the Space Needle, not cheap. But great views of Seattle um, that way. Of course, Pike Place Market down on the waterfront. You can take an Amtrak train up in the mountains to Leavenworth, which is a community, a Bavarian-style community, where they uh, do summer theater. And one of the things they do is the sound of music at night uh, in the summertime. So you can almost be like being in Bavaria. Uh, one of our groups was doing that mm-hmm. um, this past year. You could tour the Boeing plant. If you were a person who had an interest in how airlines or airplanes are put together, if you're an outdoors person, there are trails and hiking and outdoor places along the Columbia River and in the Cascade Mountains. There's Mount Rainier National Park. There's uh, uh, Olympia National Park. You've got uh, lots and lots of places that you can go, lots of shoreline you can hike to. Uh, Once again, though, if you're going, what I noticed was, The people who had a specific place to go, like they needed a parking place at a trailhead in order to be able to go hiking, boy, they were out there and parked at 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. But the shops and the little towns and stuff didn't start to get occupied until 10.30 or 11, which kind of told me that we were dealing with two different types of people, people who were on a really leisurely vacation and their day started later and ran later in the evening, and people who were there for a purpose and knew they had competition and so they had to get out there and make sure that wherever it was they were going had limited access, they could get there early enough. But uh, lots and lots of great places to see and do. We've talked a lot about uh, how that now people are getting out, they're traveling more, places you go are a lot more crowded. You have to have, bring your patients, uh, be flexible. Mm-hmm. How uh, how was it uh, up there in, 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 in Seattle and uh, the Puget Sound? Did you feel shoulder to shoulder? How comfortable was it? Um, it's crowded, but it's summertime, so it would naturally be crowded. I didn't think it was quite as bad as it was some other places, but I guess that's that's all relative right now. If you're traveling in the summer, you're you're going to, especially in the middle of the day, especially Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you're going to find a lot of people pretty much wherever you go. But I was kind of surprised in some places, some restaurants and stuff we went to in the middle of the day when I expected them to be very busy were not as busy as I had expected. So perhaps the whole, you know, people traveling and climbing all over on top of each other has subsided a little bit. I think we'll know some more in another another few weeks. Airports are still absolute zoos. But, you know, if you think back, airports were zoos before COVID came along when they were busy. So once again, unless you're flying early in the day or late in the day, boy, if you're flying late in the day right now, you're really putting taking your chances because so many delays and stuff are back are, are are happening during the day. If you're getting ready to buy an airline ticket and go somewhere, and you have the choice of of going early or going late, even if it's one of those god awful five o'clock flights on Southwest, you know some of the fares on some of those really early flights in the morning uh, can be really good, especially if you have to go at the last minute. 
So keep that in mind if you're traveling at the last minute to take a look at some of the, the weird times early in the morning, late at night, because that's someplace where you can oftentimes snag something. Um, also, if you're in downtown Seattle and you're an old guy and you'd like pinball games, there's a pinball uh, museum in downtown Seattle for, where for about 20 bucks you can go and just, just get lost in the world of pinball for an hour or two. Not video now, not the video games, the old-time pinball games how cool is that wow so much to do uh and so little time what else you got i the ice cream place we were talking about at the beginning of the show okay yes so i wanted to call it mota or moto it's moda m-o-d-a 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 and uh, i went on their website they're not delivering anymore they there's a note they're having had some problems with fedex Oh, man, if they would deliver that ice cream, there's no amount of money. I almost wouldn't pay for it. But if you go to Las <laughs> Vegas or uh, up around Bainbridge Island, or also they have now one in Charleston, uh, South Carolina. So uh, they're, they're moving around. But Moda, M-O-D-A ice cream. Yum, double yum, and triple yum, for sure. There you go. Is that uh, something you've uh, that goes all the way back to when you were a kid? Uh uh, or is this something that started when you started hitting the road 45 years you ago? You know, my friends used to give me grief when I was a kid because we lived about a block from a Foster's Freeze, which those are kind of gone now, but it, think Dairy Queen. Sure, and, I know. You know, Foster's you could go Freeze, to Foster's sure. Freeze, and yet for 10 cents, you'd get an ice cream cone, and it was, you know, twirled on the top, and there was a lot of it. Of course, it wasn't really ice cream, but it was close, and it was good, and it was cold, and Baskin-Robbins ice cream was 12 cents, and their scoops were a lot smaller. And you had to you had to ride your bike five blocks to Town and Country Village to get Baskin Robbins ice cream. But for some reason, that was where I like to go for ice cream. So I yeah, I've been an ice cream snob I think since I was uh, twelve years old on a bicycle. Well, all right. Well, there you go, my friends. Uh, if you're headed to Puget Sound, either you know for a family vacation uh, anytime soon. Uh, or next year, if you want to hook up with Mark and Sports Leisure Vacations, check in with them. Uh, they'll they'll show you around. Well, all right, uh, we're going to take a short time out, but when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, all those all those points that you've amassed for hotel stays and for your credit cards. What's the best way to use those? Mark's got some ideas to how to shop for the best deals. <laughs> Always here to make you a smarter traveler. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, we are the Travel Guys. You can find us at TravelGuysRadio.com. Hey there. We have online a... uh, I put a video up there. I thought I'd put this up last week. So this has been around for a while. You may have seen it. Um, A a number of people took uh, the opportunity to... To record this, so a lady's on an airplane. It's a long flight, and she's got the window seat. There are two men in the middle and the aisle seat to kind of paint you a little bit of a radio picture here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the lady decides that she needs to, that the only way that she can get out of her seat is she's going to, um, she's going to climb over these guys. So picture this, the lady has these uh, little socklet things on so she's got her shoes off she climbs over the armrests to go to the bathroom or whatever now just keep in mind the fact that the (laughs) dirtiest place on any airplane i'm going to suggest to you is the floor of that laboratory 
So the lady goes in and does whatever her stuff is. She picks up whatever's on the floor of the laboratory along with whatever might be on the floor of the galley or the rest of the aircraft. She makes her way back to the seat and she proceeds to climb over the top, putting her feet on the armrest. You can see the bottom of her little sockies are not all that clean. So while I commend her for having a, a for not bothering her seatmates, who would want to touch anything? Anyway, go to TravelGuysRadio.com, and you can see the video of the lady, indeed, climbing over the armrest to get to her window seat on the plane. The most innovative and least thoughtful idea that I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Can you imagine the kind of grief and and, and fun that people are poking at this woman? They find out about this. Sue, I've seen that video online. Is That, that looks like you. You know, they probably have a big laugh over it, huh? And, and, probably and, nobody bothers to point out what you just pointed out. And note the two guys that she's <laughs> climbing over. Note the looks on their faces. Of course, this is being filmed from across the aisle. And apparently, uh, apparently this happened more than once over the length of the flight. So I just, I mean, people do the darndest things on airplanes, and that's one of them that... Uh, that we saw. So anyway, I wanted to post that for you. Travelguysradio.com. You can take a look, a good look at it and go, ew, um, like I did. We were going to talk a little bit here in the last segment of the show about redeeming miles and points for hotel stays. I have, I'm not a huge advocate of people going out of their way to get a credit card that gives them outlandish redemptions unless they have a specific goal in mind. You know, if you're you're trying to get four round trip tickets for your uh, family to go to Europe next summer, or you've got a fancy hotel in Hawaii that you want to spend a week at, or something like that along the way, then you and 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 maybe you've already got a pile of points and you want to add, you want to add to that. That's fine, but just know that the airlines and the hotels and all these guys change the rules constantly. They have no – now they do what they call dynamic pricing. So nothing is ever this price that it was when you looked at it. It might be higher. It might be lower. Um, in general, hotel redemptions are about two and a half times what they cost uh, five years ago. Unless you want to stay at a little Hampton Inn on the roadside in Rancho Cordova, then you can probably get that for fairly close. But anything that is a resort area in a big city, in a good location, those have all been – priced accordingly so when you see these credit card bonuses and these things that allow you to earn double and triple and four times and ten times the points well unfortunately those points have become of such low value with many hotel chains and airlines that it doesn't really matter how many you have because a whole pocket full of of them is still worth nothing one idea american express if you use an American Express card to charge with, you have more choices when it comes time to for redemption because American Express will allow you to redeem with a variety of different people, retailers, travel people, all sorts of things from time to time. They will even offer you a special where instead of <clears throat> one point uh, per mile is being transferred from your American Express account to Delta, you've got 100,000 American Express points, so you transfer them to Delta, you get 100,000 miles. Well, sometimes there's a special where you get 30% bonus. 
So that 100000 might get you 130000 So now you've added some value to things. So with American Express, you have a little bit more flexibility in many cases in terms of how you redeem things. And also you get an opportunity in some cases to be able to add value. We've talked about this before. Never buy miles from an airline. Never, 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 never. The only exception is you're 2,000 miles short of an award or something like that, and you can get it real easily by just picking up a few miles, then maybe a consideration. But buying air miles is never a winning bet for a consumer. So if you're thinking about redeeming for a hotel, um, look at things like American Express cards because they will redeem at a, at, a, at a better value than an airline card. An airline card is going to make its best redemption value when you're buying that airline's tickets. When you step outside that box, they have to reimburse those people that you're getting the freebies from. So naturally, they're not real crazy about giving you such a good deal on things. It's the same principle as we tell people, you know, buy the airline ticket from the airline you're going to fly on. So when there's a problem, you're dealing directly with the person you bought it from. Well, same thing here. If you're redeeming points, you want to try and redeem them from who it is that you're as close to and with as few middlemen as possible. So know that the hotels are constantly changing those targets. The time to redeem points for a hotel stay is if you've got enough points and it looks attractive to you and it's something you want, that's the time to redeem it. There you go. I I think a lot of people will continue to sit and and try to amass uh, points whether it be for uh, for hotel stays or for uh, uh, for airline flights, not really realizing that they're continually they're continually raising the bar, and uh, you know it's that's how what was his name uh, one mile at a time mm-hmm. uh, created a business. Yes. Uh, his business model was basically helping people that couldn't figure out how to use their points, uh, and he would charge them a fee uh, to help you uh, redeem your points, and uh, it, which clearly indicates how confusing it can be for the common man. It really and is, woman. and that's why an American Express card in some ways simplifies things just a little bit. Okay, we're just about out of time here um, today. Thomas, it, the, the bottom line to all of this is that if you're if you're accumulating points for hotel stays, really uh, having a big pile of them is not the way to go. Uh, redeem them as you go. Same thing with airline miles because the goalposts are always moving, and what your what your miles and your points are worth today are probably not what they're going to be worth tomorrow. There you go, and uh, you know just hope that whatever card you're using, it has points that you can redeem at Moda for some ice cream. <laughs> Especially ice cream to be delivered online, huh? I'll tell you, that's my big t- takeaway from today's uh, Smarter Traveler show is uh, is Moda ice cream. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. It's Mark and Tom. We are the Traveler and Entertainment Guys. Once again, TravelGuysRadio.com for more stuff to make you a smarter traveler and a video of a woman crawling over seats in her socks. So there you go. Mark, final Remember, word. Remember, dance like nobody's watching. We'll see you next week on the Travel Guys. All right, my friends, stay well. See you next time.